I'd say that I am greatly humbled by this opportunity. It's good to be back at Old Union. You are so dear to my heart and always will be. I'm thankful for your confidence you placed in me to be back with you. You did a wonderful, wonderful job with the, the meal and, and the hospitality that you've shown. And I love you all. It's good to see each and every one of you here and sister churches, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I'm so very thankful that we have our brothers and sisters, not in our respective independent churches, but we can come together and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we can come together and hear this wonderful singing. And, and it was wonderful. You did a wonderful job uh, honoring and glorifying our Lord. That's why we're here. That's why the Lord leaves us here. If not, I think he'd take us on home. We are here to honor and glorify his name. Pray for me. I desire your prayers. I'd like to read one verse of scripture to begin with tonight. And being the time of thanksgiving, of course, every day should be a time of thanksgiving. And that's what the Word of God teaches, not just in November, as this country has set aside, but every day that we live, be thankful unto the Lord. First Thessalonians in 5 and 18, Paul writes, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There are many different things mentioned there and instructions that Paul gives the church at Thessalonica. This being one of them. Once quench not the spirit. On and on, there's, I don't, I've never counted how many. There's several things there that uh, he was admonishing them to do. But of all the things that God requires of his children, this might just be the most difficult Giving thanks to the Lord, you think, well, surely not. There's a lot more in this than first reading. There's a lot more in this than many, many times I have read this and never really understood exactly what it meant. I was helping in Hilltop and Revival last this past March, the Lord, He blessed us. I mean, it was a wonderful meeting. At least 10 people said that they got saved, and I don't doubt it because the Spirit of God was, was as heavy and thick there as anywhere I've felt or been in a long, long time. The last night of the service, brother says, we need to give the Lord a, a prayer of thanksgiving. And I thought how fitting that is and how many times that we don't stop and thank the Lord. I'm talking about me sometimes. 
And I was determined not to ask anything of the Lord. I was determined just to thank Him for everything that was on my mind and heart. And I did that, and I, I prayed a long time. I thanked Him for my family. I thanked Him for saving my soul. I thanked Him for saving my children and for my grandchildren. I thanked Him for what I was able to witness those few days in that revival of which I was very, very hungry to see. I thanked him for a lot of things. We'll get together, most of us, this next Thursday with our families and friends. And Marisa started a tradition years ago with our family. Before we sat down to eat, we would, we would gather around the island of the kitchen or wherever we were at. And we would hold hands and make a circle. And we would all say what we were thankful for. And then we'd have a prayer of thanksgiving. We'll thank the Lord for the provisions of our life, for our home, and for the shelter, for our abundance of food. We'll thank the Lord for salvation and family and health and all that is well. And I was thinking the other day when I was reading over this verse here that I just read in your hearing. In everything, give thanks. And I was thinking every time, seemingly, that I pray, I give thanks to the Lord for everything that I perceive to be good in my life. All those things that I mentioned and many, many more. And usually, that's it. Now, this word, it gets a little more difficult. Thanking God for the perceived good things in our life in the moment that we are living takes no faith whatsoever. You start thanking the Lord for your health that's failing. You start thanking the Lord for the plant that you were working in for 30 years is closing down. You start thanking the Lord even if someone of your loved ones has passed on. You start thanking the Lord for those things and see how difficult it gets. Can you truly thank the Lord in those times and mean it? Now... About March of last year, Marisa passed, had been, she had been gone for me for a little over a year. People would say, how are you doing? And I'd say, okay, I guess. Didn't really want to go into it with everyone, and I do appreciate them asking. I would say, okay, I'm, I guess. And I was sitting at home one day, and I asked myself the same question. How am I doing after a year? And people says, well, time heals all wounds. If that's the case, if it's time is what's doing it, 
in two more years, I wasn't going to be able to function. I'm honest with you. I was doing worse than I was doing a year prior. And I'm thinking, I don't have much time left. But it's not time that does it. And I realized I needed a new perspective in my life. I needed to look at it a different way than I was looking at it. Now, during that same revival, there was a sister. And she had lost her 33-year-old son. He was a father of two, I think. He was a pastor. Good man, a good father, and a good pastor. And he had had a horse riding accident, and because of that accident, he passed away. After that, Marisa had already passed in that year. Well, the Spirit of God was really, it was, it was strong. You know, it's humbling when the Spirit of God is like that. I didn't know that I would ever witness anything like that again, ever in my life. You know, we talk about the good old days. I told them, you can have the good old days. You just give me right now, tonight. And it was that good. Well, this uh, sister where her son had passed away a, a few months before that, she... She started rejoicing. And you know when it's real because you can feel it right here. I mean, it was just as real as anything I'd ever, I ever felt. And she was down there on the altar. And, and she was thanking the Lord. And she says, thank you, Lord, for what you have given me. And thank you, Lord, for what you have taken away. When she made that statement, it hit me in the very depths of my being. It hit me in a place that I don't know that had been touched in years. When she was willing to say that, and you could tell she meant it, and the Spirit of God was in it. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. And thank you, Lord, for what you have taken away. It takes no faith in, uh, in the Lord to thank Him for the good things. But brothers and sisters, it takes a whole lot of faith and trust to say, Thank you, Lord, for taking it away. Now, Job declared the same things. Job had lost it all. He had lost all of his, he had lost his family. He had lost all of his goods. He had lost everything. He had lost everything, even his health. But you know, Job, never one time that I can find question whether he's going to lose his salvation or not. Think about it. That's what he held on to. And brothers and sisters, we lose everything in this world. Oh, we have gained more than this world can hold. Brothers and sisters, we ought to be the happiest people this world has ever seen. Job's perspective was, I was born naked 
Meaning, I came into this world with nothing, and I'm going to leave the same way. And everything that I have had, no matter how rich that I was, the Lord gave it to me. And my perspective was, I was looking at what He had taken and not looking at what He had already given me for many, many, many years before that. And I was a losing perspective here of my Lord and where I needed to be. Uh, does one taken away a disavow or disannul all, all of the blessings that he has already given me? And that's what I believe Job was trying to say. Does the Lord taking my wife uh, disannul uh, the 46 or 47 years? It's over. Well, we dated 47 years. Him taking her home, does that disavow the blessings of those 47 years? Does that take away? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And brothers and sisters, we need to be looking at what the Lord hath given us and not, uh, not just focus upon what we perceive the Lord has taken away in our lives. You know, if we had been, or if I had been more mindful of thanking the Lord and mindful those 47 years of thanking the Lord continually on a daily basis oh, for where I was at and I took those uh, years and those times for granted many times, if I had been more mindful of what the Lord was giving me, hand over, fast, packed down and run it over. The Lord has blessed my life abundantly. The Lord has given me more than and I could ever ask or think. And here I'm sitting here for a year mulling over something that I perceive and that the Lord has done to me. And when that sister said what she did about her son, thanking the Lord for what you've taken away, I felt about that big. I, I tell you, I did. I'm thinking, you're in a better place, sister, than I am. And you're a more mature Christian than I am what I am showing right now. Naomi, she had left with her husband and her two sons, and they had left. She says, we left full. She had completely and totally forgot about what the blessings the Lord had already given her. She says, we left full, and we come back empty. And she told her two daughter-in-laws to go home. She even told them to go back to their gods. Can you imagine what kind of shape Naomi was in? Can you imagine the bitterness? And if you let that bitterness take hold of you, uh, it is not a good thing in your life. Uh, we don't need to ever feel bitter toward the Lord because all that He wants of us is good. He says, I have a plan for you. It's not of evil, but of good that you may come to an expected end. Uh, but brothers and sisters, I tell you that everything that you uh, have uh, happened in your life, it's not perceived as good at, in the moment. It's not perceived as something that's easy in and at the moment. Uh, Peter says, why is it 
that you think it's odd when troubles befall you in this life? Why is it that you think it's odd when tribulation comes upon you? Brothers and sisters, we live in such an easy time. Uh, people say, well, this is the worst time it's ever been. Well, brothers and sisters, you've never read the history books I've read. You've never uh, read about our uh, Baptist people, uh, those in ages gone by. I wouldn't even feel comfortable sitting in the same room with those people. I'd be ashamed just to be numbered in their company. Uh, the hardness and the, and the evilness that befell them. Uh, how that millions of them uh, lost their lives. They were uh, driven, uh, stakes within their bodies set afire, uh, and they were uh, uh, mothers having their babies cut from their womb. I tell you, whatever evil way that man could perceive, they did that. Uh, brothers and sisters, we're living in the best time that I've ever read of God's people. It is. And we're squandering it, or I am. Now, Naomi told Ruth and, and her other sister, a sister-in-law, you go back home, you go back to your God, you go back to your family. I came away full, and I've come back empty. I don't have a thing in the world. The other one left. Ruth said, I'm not going. I'm going with you. And he became so heated, he said to quit talking. I don't know if they quit talking all the way back home or what. Naomi was just stubbed up because Ruth would want to come with her. I think we missed something here. Oh, we missed something in that uh, Ruth. Not just wanted to go with Naomi, Ruth wanted Naomi's God. And at that time, there was nothing there that they perceived that Naomi's God had done to them or for them. Ruth lost two there. She lost her husband. She didn't have anything to eat either. But we see how that Ruth had an understanding. Can you imagine being in such a shape or a condition saying, well, you just need to go back to uh, this God or that God or the other God. My God has nothing for you. Ruth says, no. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. <laughs> How wonderful that is. Uh, Job said, though he slay me, talking about God, though he slay me, yet will I put my trust in him. <laughs> There's a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. He lived in Chicago. He lost his son. I think he was four years old. There was the Great Fire of Chicago, and he had great holdings there. And he is into much real estate, and they all burned to the ground. He sent his wife and daughters uh, across the Atlantic, and he was going to meet them there later. Well, he got word from his wife that all is lost, but I, his daughters there perished in that uh, shipwreck. He lost it all. 
and many of you probably know the story, and he got on the ship. He says, well, I'm coming to you. And he told the captain to let him know when they got over the place where, uh, where he had lost his daughters, and there were several of them. And he uh, went up on the deck, and he uh, wrote that hymn there. It is well with my soul. Uh, brothers and sisters, it's not about uh, being well in her life. It's about being well in her soul. He was saying, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To be able to say that uh, uh, in that instant. uh, To be able to mean it from your heart. It shows a great deal of faith. It shows a great deal of trust in the Lord. uh, Far more than those uh, those thankfuls and this uh, prayers we offer up. For the good things in her life. Now. Paul wrote. In a Hebrew letter. Tribulation. Worketh patience. And patience experience. I want to refer back to that revival again. Because there's another. Young preacher there. In this past year. He had. He had lost his two-year-old daughter in a horrible accident. And and I wondered what kind of uh, attitude the church would have because of all that they had lost this past year. But I told them after that it was over, I said, brothers and sisters, you've had a a great loss here this year. There's been a whole lot uh, that you have lost. But those people that had lost the most were those people that had the most hope. And it brought chills to me. And that brother stood and he preached. And he preached with the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He says, the Lord didn't take my daughter away from me. He just took her home to take care of her for a while. Till I can get there. He says, you know we're going to be there the same day anyway. I said, hell, what a wonderful thought. We're going to get there the same day. I'm going to get there the same day as my dear Marisa. And you are too. He says, the Lord just taking care of her. And they were. They were leading the charge. The most hope from anyone were coming from those that had lost, that had lost the most. You know, one of the first things we want to ask, something goes horribly wrong in our life, is why? Why? How's that going to help anything? Really? You know what asking why to God is? That's also an extreme lack of faith and trust in the Lord. It shouldn't matter why. And we find in Job in the 38th and the 39th chapter. Uh, it says in the first verse, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkened the counsel by words without knowledge? And brothers and sisters, we're judging our own situation. Uh, we are uh, we're using words and counsel without knowledge. We don't have an understanding of what we need tomorrow. You tell me what you need tomorrow. We don't have a clue. 
But yet we want to know, question God, why that he's doing things that he's doing in our lives. I tell you what uh, God told uh, Job here in the 38th and 39th chapter, maybe over into the 40th chapter as well. He answered Job with at least 66 questions. And he uh, said, uh, where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all. To satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. Hath the rain a father or who hath begotten the drops of dew? Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds that abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are? Or who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? Or who hath given understanding to the heart? That's a good one. That's a good one. Who provideth for the raven his food when his young ones cry unto God, they wonder for lack of meat. He went on is about 60 more of questions that God posed to Job, showing Job just how little he was and showing Job just how big he was. That Job did not have any comprehension whatsoever about uh, anything. And, and Job declared that later on. He says, uh, God, I, I heard, uh, but now I see. I heard about this, but now I can comprehend this. Over and over again, uh, God was proving that he is in control. Now, a lot of people have trouble. They took down that big clock over there. I believe they took it down because I left, to be honest. Well, I can get you back tonight. <laughs> A lot of people have trouble believing that God's in, in the hard things in our life. Joseph of Genesis. After his ordeal, I, I've read it was about 13 years. I don't know for sure that he was in a horrible place. Horrible, horrible place. In slavery, in prison. And then when his brothers finally made it to Egypt, he revealed himself unto them. They were afraid that he might do something to them. That he was holding a grudge. Far from it. Job says, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Everything can be rosy in our life every day. It is impossible for the Lord to get us where we need to be. It is impossible uh, to have a life like that uh, for God to use us and mold us. I tell you what, brothers and sisters, it's wonderful to be on top of the mountain, but I tell you what, you're not going to learn anything up there. I tell you where you learn it is when you're down in the valley, when you're in the lowest uh, point in your life, the, the best of times and the worst of times. That's how a novel started out. When we were in Hawaii, we'd got down to four dollars and something. I didn't know anywhere to get anything else. 
I was literally walking on one of the streets up in the middle of Oahu. Walking down the street just, just crying like a baby. I had reached my limit. I had gone as far as I, I knew to go. I didn't know where else to go. I'd, I'd done all I thought I could. And I prayed to the Lord, and He helped me that next day. And He kept helping us. That day was one of the hardest days of my life. But right now, it's on my top ten list, I'm telling you. When you uh, trust the Lord and when you uh, just, uh, like, like I said, get at the end of your rope, so to speak. And you say, Lord, I can't do it. I can't go any further. I'm tired. Please take the reins and help me here. And he did. I wouldn't take anything. I wouldn't take anything for that day today. And other times in my life, oh, when the times were the most difficult, and I look back on it now and think, thank you, Lord, that I was able to experience those things. Oh, yes, tribulations worketh patience, and a patience experience, and experiencing those things, you wouldn't think it would, but it brings hope. You think it might be the, quite the opposite. Let's talk about Joseph for just a moment. I don't want to be too lengthy. I don't want to worry your patience. Okay. Why was Joseph sold in slavery? Was it God? Or was it his evil brothers? Obviously, we read his evil brothers did it. God could have prevented it. Couldn't he? Easily. God could have prevented it. When uh, Joseph said he meant it for good, that word there in original Hebrew means to weave. To weave. God was weaving it for good. And he knew, God knew the evilness of their brothers, and God was using the evilness of his brothers. Oh, why do you think that they were finally uh, the straw, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back? Why do you think uh, that it finally drove them to sell him into slavery? I think it's because of the, of the dream that he had. I don't, the coat bugged them. A great deal. But I think it was because of the dream that he had. Where'd that dream come from? It come from the Lord, didn't it? I'm trying to make a point here. Come from the Lord. He was just, he was just proclaiming what, what the Lord had revealed to him in a dream. And that's what got the wheels to turning. You say, well, I don't like to think that God brings these evil things in my life. So you'd rather uh, some evil person be in charge of your life than the Lord? 
They asked uh, David one day, or the Lord did, uh, when David had numbered Israel, he gave them some choices there. Uh, He says, David, do you want uh, me to put you in the hands of men or in the hands of God? What do you want uh, when the trouble comes? I'd rather think that the Lord is in it. I'd rather think that the Lord is taking away. The Lord is weaving that for His good, for His ultimate good, because my Lord loves me. I don't want some evil entity out there running my life. I want the Lord to be in it from the start to the finish. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you have given me. And thank you, dear Lord, for what you have taken away. We find in Job in the last chapter 42, in the second verse, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, I knew not. And the sooner we understand that, brothers and sisters, the sooner we can proclaim as Job did, as that sister at Hilltop did. Thank you, dear Lord, not only for what you've given me, but what you have taken away from me. It's what I need. It's what I need. If we can comprehend that, uh, we we judge our life just uh, from a one knee-jerk reaction to another. We judge it on a daily basis. If things are going good, thank you, Lord. If things are not going good, why, Lord? Our life is a series of tribulation. Our life is a series of good things. Our life is a series of all things to get us to that expected end, to get us to that place that we need to be. Have you ever read Pilgrim's Progress? He found all kind of trouble. Like Peter says, why do you think it odd? Why do we think it odd when when hard things come upon us? Brothers and sisters, it's going to. You think it's odd that God gave His only begotten Son? Do you think it's odd? You know, another thing that people say that bothers me, when somebody's in trouble, they'll whisper, Wonder what he did. Wonder what she got into. The Lord is chastising them for something. That's what Job's friends were saying. What you done, Job? You, you must have done something wrong here. What's going on here? Well, brothers and sisters, it ain't always like that. And some of the best of God's people I know, the most earnest, the most loving, the kindest of God's people, sometimes go through some of the most hard things in your life that you can imagine. And those that are scarcely, scarcely ever touched by any trouble, those are the ones that are whispering thinking that they have not been touched because that they have never done anything too bad. 
And if something befalls you, don't immediately think. If it's chastisement, I believe you'll know it. And I've known a few times when the Lord is chastising me. I believe you'll know it. Or when he was uh, uh, gently carrying you through a situation. And you knew it like the walking in the sand poem. Where were you, Lord, when times were the hardest? And he says, well, that was the times that I was carrying you. I, I thank the Lord for those hard times. I can now. But, but what, where I need to get is, thank him immediately. Not in hindsight, not in 2020, not after things have worked out like Naomi. I wonder if Naomi felt bad after everything worked out with Ruth and all of that that took place. Uh, Joseph didn't seem to, but he may have had days like that uh, when it worked out uh, for uh, altogether good for he and his family. And in Job, he didn't know that he was going to be restored to everything. But when he was, he could look back and see those times as working out. But brothers and sisters, till we get in hindsight, it's really hard to see it sometimes. But we need to try. We need to say, thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings, all that you have given me. And thank you, dear Lord, for what you have taken away from me. And thank you, uh, dear Lord, for this trouble that I am. And I am anxious to see, uh, Lord, where you are taking me with this. The Lord giveth up his son unto death. The Lord giveth up his son unto death. And the Lord hath taken away my sin. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you have uh, given. And thank you, dear Lord, for what you have taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's what we need to keep our mind on. That's what we need to concentrate upon is all that the Lord has blessed us with. Who? I could suffer for the rest of my days, and they may be many. I could suffer horribly. But brothers and sisters, it can never touch. Paul said, I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the hearts of men what is waiting for his people. And Job said, those skin worms devour this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. That's what he held on to when all was lost. He held on to that promise. He held on to that eternal promise that the Lord had given him. And everything give thanks. I'm going to try to do better. And I'm going to try to give thanks for everything in my life. For I know the Lord knows much better than I do. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. And thank you, Old Union, and you sisters, churches, for being here as well. Go ahead, Brother Brad.